Good morning. Fix this a little bit. We've come to the Sunday in the church calendar where we journey with Jesus to Jerusalem. When Jesus makes his triumphal entry to the shouts of Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, he rode on a donkey and the people waved palm branches and cheered on Palm Sunday. I did a little research. Um, I was thinking that we've been uh, journeying with Palm Sunday for a while, five years ago today. Um, as a congregation, we celebrated our last Eucharist in the basement of the Methodist Church. And then we walked, or at least all the kids did, to, the, to 303 West, to this building, uh, symbolizing a journey to a place that has become our weekly gathering place. Not Mountainside Communion, because Mountainside Communion is a body of believers, not a building. We didn't do it triumphantly, but with um, soberness, a sense of anticipation, and a sense of hope, hope for what might be. I asked um, Jordan last night if she remembered, and she said she remembered. So I wonder how many kids remember that walk, uh, Tiffany assured me. And Misty looked at the dates that it was actually April 5th, five years ago today. Um, so that's Palm Sunday with hope. and. Today also has another name in the church calendar, which is Passion Sunday. Passion Sunday ushers in Holy Week, which is where we are. It focuses our attention on Jesus' passion, the events leading up to his death, the Passover meal that he shared with his friends, the betrayals, more than one, mockery, torture, and his crucifixion. The color of Passion Sunday is red. Um, yesterday I had my spiritual direction program and they graciously said that we could turn off our videos if we wanted, if we needed to move around, and I did, and um, it felt really cathartic to put red on a canvas um, for Passion Sunday, and also we have our red cloth at the Godly Play Children about a month ago, with the help of um, some high school students died, and so I pulled out threads yesterday, getting ready for... Um, Passion Sunday. Um, our lectionary passion passage for the week is Psalm 31, 9 through 16. We're reading the same passage that um, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are around the world are reading today. Um, if you have your Bibles or the liturgy printed out, you can read along with me. I chose Nan Merrill's translation from her book, Psalms for Praying. Um, just because it, it captured some of the intimacy of the people of God's relationship with Yahweh um, that I wanted us to consider this morning. So here we go. Be gracious to me, beloved, for I am in distress. My eyes are dim from weeping. My soul is deep with grief. My life is worn away with sorrow and my years with sighing. My body has weakened and my bones waste away with misery. All my fears rise up to mock me. My neighbors turn away. My friends dread to see me. 
and flee from my sickness of soul. My mind, too, has left me like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel. Yes, I hear the voices around me, whispering of my plight. Fears rise up on every side. Isolation, rejection, fear surrounds me and conspires to overwhelm me. Still, I trust in you, O oh love. I repeat, you are my life. My life is in your hands. Deliver me from the fears which separate me. Let your face shine on me. Save me in your steadfast love. The word of the Lord. Thanks. Thanks God. I chose this version of the psalm because I think it captures the intimate relationship of the one praying, the psalmist, um, the people of God, with Yahweh, the creator, redeemer, and sustainer of our world. It catches the intimacy of a relationship in which saying what is true is possible because the relationship is one of love and trust. I know that I don't actually um, cry out to people I don't trust. So this psalm is really beautiful because it demonstrates a way of praying um, that shows the quality of the relationship of the people of God and the psalmist with Yahweh. The psalms have been prayed by the people of God for millennia. And the psalms profess an intimate relationship between God and God's people. The psalmist says, Be gracious to me, beloved. Beloved. Loved one. Who do you call love in your life or beloved? Do you remember the first time you said, I love you? Are you working up the nerve? Who are you that open with? Declarations of love are vulnerable things, and the psalmist here is vulnerable and brave, declaring that Yahweh is beloved. Their relationship is one of intimacy and trust. Yahweh is close enough and trusted enough for the psalmist to say what is true, to lament. And there is much to lament. Our world is suffering. Our communities are suffering. We are separated by necessity, for safety, to oppose an enemy we can't see. Be gracious to me, beloved, for I am in distress. My eyes are dim from weeping. My soul is deep with grief. We are in distress. Our world is in distress. I looked this up last night. Over a million confirmed cases, numbers that we can't even comprehend. Uh, many are sick or have been sick, many recovered, and many have died. Life feels very uncertain. I had is first and I changed it to feels, but it actually is. Um, life is uncertain. Loved ones near and far are sick and some have died. We're supposed to weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. Yet how do we mourn at a distance? What do we do with interrupted grief? How do we cope with the trauma that rolls out in the news, on social media, and through our phones each day, multiple times, repeatedly, because we keep checking? Do we weep alone? 
The psalmist pours out her distress to the beloved. My eyes are dim from weeping, my soul is deep with grief. She cries out to Yahweh, believing that her beloved hears and cares. Beloved, hear our cry. All my fears rise up to mock me. My neighbors turn away, my friends dread to see me and flee from my sickness of soul. Here also the psalmist says what is real. Fears rise up to mock me, to mock us. Our work patterns are disrupted. There have been layoffs, um, a lot of financial insecurity, some are lucky to work at home, or distracted to work at home, or struggling to work at home. Others are compelled to work because they do essential jobs. They have no choice about quarantine. Medical personnel, chaplains, public servants, grocers, bankers, the things that make our society actually function, these people um, are compelled to continue. Um, yeah, they do all of this so that many of us can be safer at home, can um, participate in a safer at home reality while they put themselves at risk. Others too continue on out of economic necessity for themselves, for others who depend on them, whether that's employees or whether that's family, and we pray safety and mercy. Our fears about money mock us. Our fears about COVID-19 mock us. We don't want to be exposed, and God forbid that we should unwittingly expose somebody else. On Tuesday, one of my middle school students told me, COVID is tricky. You can have it and not know, and still expose people. We were meeting through technology, so she was in South Pass, and I was in my studio in the back, um, comfortable, like, getting our work done, and we're lucky to have access. I heard on Friday night that about 40% of kids in LAUSD have not even logged on to their online learning accounts yet. And um, I know from my household the, the compelling nature of screens, and I can only imagine that most of this is about access to the internet, to technology, to resources that will allow students to continue um, schooling in this time, you know, Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. It's been a couple of weeks now since schools have been closed with an end in sight. First that was early April and then mid-May, and now, um, now the news this week was on April Fool's. <laughs> the end of the year. Um, that was interesting timing. But the end of the year. Our students have so much work to do independently or to consent to be coached by parents, which can be tricky, um, or simply miss out on almost a semester of school. So many missed markers for students. Promotion ceremonies, prom, graduation, getting ready to go to college. Little League season opened at the start of Lent. I remember uh, Francis being so excited about that. That was his gratitude. And then shut down weeks later. No March Madness. No Dodger opening game. I confess I heard about that from someone else. That was not on my radar. Um, parks closed. Beaches closed. Or at least the parking lots are closed. 
trails are off limit, so much confinement. Um, and yeah, just different disruption in life. This week was also a turning point in the communities as well when the Center for Disease Control and Prevention <laughs> reversed its position on masks. That was, that was really distressing. Um, yeah, fear rise up to mock us. Like, have we been exposing? Have we been those carriers that uh, don't show symptoms? Um, I wore a mask on Friday for the first time when I was out doing some drop and runs and running into Pasadena to gather some resources for my students. Um, yeah. In a, in a time when daily life has been a subtraction problem, things are being taken away, um, necessary losses at this point for safety. Uh, suddenly on Friday I was doing addition. I was adding a mask to my outfit and seeing what that did to my hair and letting it go and adding some blue gloves to my routine and adding to the sense of the surreal when I was out in public for a brief, for some errands. I offered to stop by Trader Joe's on my way home, thinking it would be a quick run. <laughs> and David said, yes, please, because that would save him going out. He's been carrying the grocery shopping load in our family, for which I'm grateful. The last time I was in Trader Joe's was probably two and a half weeks ago, and I felt jittery when I was in there and grateful for their organization and order and just had this weird emotional response being in a grocery store. So I offered to stop at Trader Joe's and I, I, I got to the door, you know, I have my mask on, have my gloves on, doing this thing. Other people have their masks on and gloves on. David's irritated by the amount of blue gloves that land on the parking lots of stores. but. I got to the door and I turned to the right and I noticed the line. Suddenly I noticed that it wasn't that Trader Joe's didn't have a lot of people and the you know, people going in and out, it's that they had a line spaced six feet from the door of Trader Joe's down to Shakey's Pizza. And I turned around and fled. I'm like, I, I'm, not, I'm not doing this, I can't do this. And gratefully, uh, the items on the list were just requests. They weren't necessities. And I had the privilege of walking away from that and going home and washing up. Zooming with friends on Friday evening, we talked to Shelly, who was in the Philippines. And it was her Saturday morning, and she was getting ready for about a five-hour outing to do grocery shopping for two weeks to go past military checkpoints. Um, and it was going to be a whole day to get what was needed to be safe. And she also talked about, uh, she called them epic fails of the previous week of working to, with her organization to do food distribution to, to the people that they work with um, through various means, non-traditional, um, and everyone's learning and people are hungry. Beloved, have mercy. The psalmist continues, he cries out, isolation, rejection, fear surrounds me and conspires to overwhelm me. Isolation conspires to overwhelm. We lament physical distancing. It's necessary and it's isolating. It's especially distressing for those who live and work alone. 
Brene Brown says, we are people who are hardwired for connection. And our need for physical touch is profound. Um, actually, physical touch improves our immune system. Um, not giving hugs just feels wrong. And apparently, six feet matters. Misty has said that she's given out hug IOUs. Hug IOUs. I'm wondering if it's going to be a meme or some. Um, I, I'm waiting for one. I haven't gotten one yet. If I don't get one, I'll be asking. Um, another friend confirmed this week the surreal when she said, I've never known you to be afraid of giving a hug. And she's right. To give or receive a hug is to risk giving or receiving an invisible enemy. And I'm, way, yeah, I'm more concerned about, we just found out 25% of us might have asymptomatic <laughs> issues and we could be unwittingly sharing a problem. Jordan, I talked with her last night, um, she said, being able to see someone through a screen makes things easier but you are still not able to reach out and give someone a well-deserved hug. Yeah. At the retreat this year, Tamara said, joy, is, joy, show, joy shared is joy doubled, and grief shared is grief divided. Addition and subtraction, multiplication and division. We need each other and we're separated. We need to share joy, grief, anxiety, so that it is divided. We are stretching to find new ways to connect, and it's hard. Isolation conspires to overwhelm. And in this time, we can lean on each other in ways that are open to us as best we can. And with the psalmist, we can lament. We can say what is true to our beloved. And when the psalmist had said what was true for him or for her, another truth was spoken. Trust. Still, I trust in you, O love. I repeat, you are my life. My life is in your hands. And that's also true. Before our lament, after our lament, beside it, behind it, above it, and beneath it. Our lives are encompassed and surrounded by the love of God. Still, we trust in you, O love. We repeat, you are our life. Our life is in your hands. The psalmist intimately cries out to God, saying what is painfully true, and trusts the beloved with his or her and our life together, whatever the outcome. The psalmist teaches us to do the same. Seems fitting for Passion Sunday. During the Zoom groups after church, um, we'll be gathering, and I encourage you to join the psalmist in saying what is true for you in this time of quarantine. What's been subtracted, what's been lost, what's been added, mask, even unexpected gifts. I've had the profound, unexpected gift of um, spending more time with Jordan and Taylor just by being in the studio doing my work. So we want to consider together what God might be inviting us into in this season.